0: Into the archives with Peter Fleming, a quest for the lost children's television classics of Peter Fleming, presented by me, Peter Fleming. This week, episode one. Uh, Where's episode eight? Where it's it, a new. sit se- the the first episode of the second se- series two episode. How should how should we calculate it? Hello, my friends, Peter Fleming here, and welcome to this second series of Into the Archives. Second series, doesn't that feel good to say? Turns out all you have to do is bypass the input of all other people. Well, a lot's been happening while you've been away. The search for my lost BBC programmes has continued, and the number of returns has continued too. Uh, to be zero. Not even Eunice the Ubiquitous from 1972. made loads of that. But recently, a fresh source of hope has come up, which I think is well worth exploring. Over the years, a great many of my programmes were not only broadcast by the BBC, but also sold to foreign TV stations. And I believe that some copies could still survive in overseas archives. So now, as well as my ongoing quest here, I am planning to raise enough money to travel round the world and go looking for them myself no mean feat, but if we manage it, it should be quite the adventure. Uh, There'll be details of how you can get involved later in the programme. But first, it's time to look back, and this week, we're going back to the very beginning, in Peter Remembers. Well... Those of you who've listened to the whole series will no doubt remember Professor Zaney's Mad Laboratory, the first programme I ever made for the BBC in 1962. We were always coming up with weird and wonderful inventions the Professor could show off to fire up the children's minds and get them excited about science and innovation. Uh, To illustrate, here's a short reconstructed clip from a lost episode. Hold, young Cliff, my latest brilliant testicle contraption, the Book of the Future, made entirely from stainless steel. Stainless steel, Professor? Yes, safe to read in the bath. And what's more, it's a solid lump of the stuff, impossible to open or to read, so the next generation will have to use their imaginations like never before. It'll be a new dawn for literature. In our lifetimes, Professor, yes, you've done it again, (laughs) Scrampledacious! Marvellous stuff, isn't it? And the programme was a phenomenal success up until its final episode, which was, to put it charitably, infamous. Best not to go into too much detail about it, but uh, all the information is out there, so if you'd like to find out for yourself, all I can say is, please don't. Still, on the positive side, I can say for a fact from the statement he put out that some of my work was seen by the Pope. The point is, the BBC wanted a replacement. Uh, Poor old Zaney had to go. Uh, But well before that furore, uh, we'd been receiving a number of complaints from scientists and engineers all through the series run. I've uh, got a typical one here amongst all this uh, BBC paperwork. Uh, Dear Sirs, regarding the latest The Adventures of Professor Zaney... Well, that that wasn't what it was called, but... um It is no good encouraging children to embark on a career in science with fanciful rubbish, only for them to realise on their first day in the job that it's not all fun and games. Uh, Furthermore, uh, well, it tails off after that, really, uh, over the course of several pages. But irritating though those complaints had been, I now found myself turning to them for inspiration. And within a few weeks, we'd repurpose the cast, crew and scenery to create a full replacement series, commissioned in the autumn of 1963. Uh, every single episode has now been wiped, uh, perhaps justifiably. But here is a short reconstruction, a typical episode in the life of not Professor Zaney, but Doctor Straight Laced.
1: Good morning, Doctor Straightlaced. Ah, Cliff, I see once again you have come to my place of work unannounced and unsupervised. Welcome. I hope I'm not disturbing you, Doctor. Not at all, Cliff. I was simply engaged in my morning exercise. Five hours of intensive standing. Well, that sounds scramply-dacious. Scramply-dacious is not a word, Cliff. I have the entire Oxford English Dictionary committed to memory for the purposes of party tricks. Oh. Well, the
0: truth is, Doctor, I'd come by today to see if you happen to have any brand new inventions ready.
1: No, Cliff, as I believe I explained to you last week, scientific research is a long and painstaking process that involves a great deal of frustration and disappointment. It's highly unreasonable to expect immediate results, Uh, naturally if I make any breakthroughs in the coming months, or dare I say years, I shall be sure to let you know. But you must understand I'd be far more likely to notify my colleagues and peers before informing an eleven-year-old boy who happens to live in my neighborhood Nonetheless, scientific enthusiasm in the young is to be encouraged and I would be more than happy to lend you any number of dreary and incomprehensible academic papers I have written in my own field of research, although you may find these are of relatively little interest if your desire is to explore a different branch of science, such as astrophysics or microbiology, or indeed anything in between, there are a great many disciplines to explore, and you it.
0: Well, as you can imagine, that series was wildly unpopular with children. But the complaints had stopped, and as it helped make up a deficit in the BBC's educational programming, it was insisted that Dr Straightlaced go on running for eight interminable years, with ratings plummeting to literally no viewers whatsoever by the broadcast of episode two. Uh, that said, it crept up infinitely over the next few weeks, uh, to one. Uh, but that turned out to be an elderly woman in Bradbury who'd switched on her television set one morning and immediately died. The production team was so grateful to her, we sent a delegation to her funeral to pay our respect. Uh, it was just me, in the end. Uh, so poorly attended, they thought I must have known her, asked me to give a eulogy. I had no idea who she was, just made it up. Uh, it's, uh, it's not one of my proudest achievements, uh, Dr. Uh, straightlist I mean, I was happy to speak at the funeral. Uh, but as it didn't get in the way of making other, better programmes at the same time, I, I don't bear it any ill will, and it's as good a programme as any to start hunting for abroad, as I will now demonstrate with this exotic dip into the Audio Archive. Audio Archive Well... Looking at the paperwork, we can see that doctor Straightlaced was sold round the Commonwealth, as many of my programmes were, and also quite widely around Europe. And what I'm going to play you now is an off-air recording sent in by a fan whose French uncle used to tape television programmes he liked. Uh, watched, sorry, the, uh, the letter here specifies, watched, not necessarily liked. Uh, this went out during the summer of 1968 on France's premier chaîne de l'RTf
1: mais vous devez comprendre qu'il est bien plus probable que je prévienne mes collègues et autres chercheurs avant d'informer un garçon de 11 ans qui s'avère habiter dans mon quartier Néanmoins, l'enthousiasme pour les sciences chez les jeunes doit être encouragé, et je me ferai un plaisir de
0: vous présenter. If any of you listening at home are fluent and would like to help me make sure, do please get in touch with your translations of uh, whatever it was he just said. It's a chance to exercise your mind, isn't it? And as a matter of fact, here's another in this commercial message. The Peter Fleming Chemistry Set is a doorway to the world of science, where you can try all kinds of home experiments. Mix up Professor Zaney's elementary concoction and watch it bubble, steam and change color. Or try Dr. Straightlaced's sensible solution and watch as it changes from colorless to still colorless. Use the enclosed strips of litmus paper to find out whether the enclosed lemon is real or a stone because I ran out. Evaporate and combust all manner of things with the specially made Bunsen burner, complete with homemade gas supply. Yours for the discounted price of just £5 in 1961's money. Don't forget to account for inflation. Warning. Portions and stability of chemicals not measured before packaging do not use around children, animals or adults. Order now. Hours of fun, that. That said, do be careful with the Professor Zaney chemicals. Uh, By the end, I generally wasn't quite sure what I'd put in. Uh, But now... Let's get back to Dr. Straightlaced as we delve into. Peter's Private Collection. Well, there's many a child who was delighted to receive their Professor Zaney Annual over Christmas 1962, but just as enthusiastically. existent was the Dr. Straightlaced Annual, published for the festive season in 1964. In keeping with the educational remit of the show, uh, we didn't include any of the comic strips or games that had made the Zany Annual so popular. Uh, instead, it was filled with peer reviewed articles from scientific journals of the day. Uh, probably not much of interest to children here, actually, just uh, whatever was available. Uh, let's see what we've got. Uh, examining the rise in British gout. There's one to share with the grandparents, I suppose, isn't it? Height and Venereal Disease, a Worrying Link. Uh, it was quite interesting, actually. Uh, acupuncture as a Treatment for Balloon Syndrome in Hedgehogs. Oh, that's very graphic. I shouldn't have put that one in. I suppose we thought it would be nice to have some pictures of animals, but uh, yeah, it's truly horrible. Well, looking at it now, it's uh, it's not so much an annual as a textbook, really. Uh, as borne out by the sales figures, who uh, only shifted any copies when schools bought it in bulk. It gave the programme some lease of life after the BBC finally pulled the plug, at least. <laughs> so it's still quite well remembered, just uh, not fondly. The children were bound to resent any schoolbook, I suppose, and teachers were rather snobbish about a textbook based on a TV series, so it was shunned pretty much equally by everyone it was supposed to help. In that respect, this is perhaps the most BBC object ever created. Well, let's pop that to one side now, and take a look at some of your own correspondence. In Messages from Beyond. Well, many thanks to all who sent letters in the last few months. Uh, Unfortunately, I only received three before having to leave my last accommodation due to an invasive chimney sweep. Uh, But I'm sure plenty of others have turned up there since... Uh, What I have got, at least, is uh, ah, another one from Gemma from Chichester. Always lovely to hear from you, Gemma. Uh, She writes, Dear Mr Fleming, I've been thinking back to how your programmes brought me together with my friends at school. I used to have my friend Roger round for tea every Tuesday, rare to have a boy in the house, and we were always enchanted watching floating Mr McAllister. My mother was always very happy to have Roger around, and so was I. I regret I've not seen him since those days, but what lovely memories to keep hold of. Best wishes, Gemma. Ah, well, thank you for that, Gemma, and check that attic of yours in Chichester in case you recorded any of Mr McAllister's adventures. (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, what else do we have here? Dear Mr Fleming, I just wanted to get in touch and say your BBC work lit up my childhood. "'I used to go round to a friend's house every Tuesday tea-time "'to watch Floating Mr. McAllister. (laughs) "'I never had much fun at school or at home, "'but she and I were always spellbound by his adventures. "'I regret that we lost touch after we went to different schools, "'but at least I can look back and say "'that was a bit of my week that was always good. Yours sincerely, Roger in Bepton, near Chichester. (laughs) "'Well, how lovely. "'You should get in touch with Gemma there, Roger. "'Quite a bit in common.' (laughs) there so, uh, no mention of leads on any copies, so uh, not not really relevant. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, ah, it's a nice postcard here from uh, from Lyme Regis. Uh, oh, it's not for me. Oh, well, let's have a little read anyway, shall we? Uh, good Lord, I can't read that out. Why would you put that on a postcard? Good grief, absolutely disgusting. Uh, well... If you'd like to get in touch, I'd love to hear from you, be it through your letters or now through a financial contribution to my Global Archive Expedition. And to keep track of our progress, let's now turn to my brand new Travel Totalizer. I realise you can't see it, but uh, rest assured it's very large and impressive, and not cardboard. Now, there are a fair few costs to calculate for the expedition. A telephone for preliminary inquiries, a, a set of phrase books for preliminary inquiries, a plane tickets, a passport, plane tickets back, and, of course, bribes for any television archive staff who are being unhelpful. Uh, so let's start by saying our target is uh, £200, probably cover all that, and we can increase it once that's surpassed. Just write that on the totaliser now... So, at this point, I can reveal our current total is... Well, nothing this week. And to send in your letters, banknotes or cheques made out to cash, please write to the following address. Peter Fleming. Underneath the coarse grey blanket, the skip with all the chemicals in it, round the back, Mason and Stewart Chemical Research Facility, Bolton, B... O-L-T-O-N Messages from Beyond That's about all we've got time for on Into the Archives this week, but join us again next time, when I'll be discussing not just my valiant attempt to develop a radio version of Vision On, but also my catastrophic failure. Until then, my friends, keep up the search, keep in touch, and stay tuned. to the archives was presented by Peter Fleming. His archivist and producer of the programme is Tom Burgess. Music and sound were found in a skip in made vale Veil by Peter Fleming and remastered by Tom Burgess. Doctor Straightlaced was written, produced, and directed by Peter Fleming, but there were other people involved too, so you shouldn't pin all the blame on me. The clip was used with the kind permission of Francis Laurent and remastered by Tom Burgess. Special thanks to Gareth Burgess, a remerciement spécial à Rebecca Ritchie. This programme was a Peter Fleming production for Your Education. You're very welcome.